and we were at uh, the Rapid City Water Slides. Every year we went to Rapid City. We would go to the Black Hills. Yeah. We would go to uh, Spearfish. We'd go to Cheyenne Crossing, and we would stay in these little cabins uh, that were once built. They were built in World War II, and then it was on gold mining property, and so you could stay there for really cheap. And we got to do one big thing uh, during the week of our vacation, and that one big thing was to go to the Rapid City Water Slides. Anyone ever been there? Outside Rapid City, yeah, a few people. It's awesome. And back in, let's see, fourth grade, I would have been um, 10, right? About 10, so 1990. It was really awesome then. Uh, and so we had decided that we were going to, there was a tube slide, and we decided that we were going to stop ourselves in the tube slide and then um, kind of all get together and then we would all slide down together. So I went first. Um, and so I stopped myself in the tube slide, and I stood up, and they couldn't see me, and I could hear the next person coming down, uh, which was my brother, and he came shooting by me, and I was like, whoa, I thought we were supposed to stop, uh, and then the next person came down, it was a friend, and he took me out, took my legs out, and I smacked my face into the slide, and I was like, whew, that was close. We slide down to the bottom, and I'm like, that was awesome. And my brother is like, oh my, what happened to your teeth? <laughs> <laughs> so I had busted off both of my front teeth on a slight angle, which I don't, still to this day can't figure out how it happened. Um, so I got to go to the dentist, and they built up my two front teeth, and they didn't have to pull them or do a root canal. So they did this buildup, and um, it wasn't a full crown. It was just like a white porcelain buildup. Well, um, it was approximately seven years ago, maybe a little bit more, and I had gotten a new um, stick of deodorant. Now, you realize that uh, most deodorant comes with like a plastic cap on it, like inside the deodorant, there's a plastic cap um, that, that tells you that, that that deodorant is sealed. And so I was trying to peel off um, the deodorant. This is actually ten, over 10 years ago, uh, and I couldn't get it off. So what do you do? So I bit it, and it was like, snap. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and I had popped that that bit of buildup off of my tooth, and I totally looked like um, Dumb and Dumber style. <laughs> nope. Different time I busted off my front teeth was I was working for Carl, um, and Carl's instructions were, um, <laughs> you asked for it. <laughs> So I, Carl was like, all right, here's the deal. If you're going to come work for me, I have one rule. And the only, the number one rule, don't get hurt. That is all Carl said. Do not get hurt. And so we were on Love Lake, and we had taken break. Uh, I think we'd taken lunch. And this wasn't the first time that I had worked for him. And we were carrying sections, and we were supposed to carry them on our back, but this was light. Uh, we were carrying dock sections. And then you were supposed to 
We were supposed to have them on our back, but one of his uh, employees said, Eric, it's okay, we'll just carry them low. And so I was carrying it like this, and somebody was coming down the dock, and so I lifted it up, and we were still carrying it, and we hit another dock post, and it bounced back and snapped um, my teeth off again. <laughs> Probably the funniest, the funniest part about that story is I kept working for the rest of the day, and then um, I had to meet with somebody because I was going to be doing a funeral, and I said, when do you want to do the funeral? And they said, well, when are you getting your teeth fixed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. It's good to laugh. So, um, my dentist has informed me many times your teeth are jewelry, they are not for anything but chewing. So, tonight we are going to dive into um, 2 Samuel chapter 13. We spent a couple weeks on David and his um, sin with Bathsheba. And I don't think it uh, is any bit of a, a editing error that these stories are back-to-back. And I come to this um, text with great care and um, caution. And so I want us to be um, appropriately reverent of the text and what took place and the subject matter. Now, as you know... Hopefully by now, I like to make jokes and I make to, like to make light of things. This first chapter, chapter 13, is not really a joke. And it's not a joking matter. And it is a very serious issue. And so hopefully we can deal with it uh, appropriately. Now Absalom, okay, so we re- do you remember back when David, um, he moved in, uh, they were living in a particular area, and he had all, we got the list of his kids. Do you remember that? The list of David's kids. And we're like, how did he have all of these kids? Well, he had all these wives. And so we're going to start getting into um, the discussion about David's kids. Now, Absalom, David's son, who happened to be his oldest son at the time, um, had a beautiful sister. I'm sorry, Amnon was his oldest son. Absalom is a different son from a different wife. Absalom, David's son, had a beautiful sister whose name was Tamar. And after a time, Amnon, David's son, loved her. So Amnon um, and, and Absalom and Tamar are half-brother and sister. Absalom and Tamar are brother and sister. So we want to keep that straight. And Amnon was so tortured that he made himself ill because of his sister Tamar. For she was a virgin, and it seemed impossible to Amnon to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shema, David's brother. Okay, so Jonadab was all of these guys' cousin. So Shema is David's brother. Jonadab is these guys' cousin. Um, and uh, Jonadab was a very crafty man, and he said to him, O, king, o son of the king, why are you so haggard morning after morning? Will you not tell me? Amnon said to him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. Jonadab said to him, lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. And when your father comes to see you, say to him, let my sister Tamar come and give me bread to eat and prepare the food in my sight, that I may see it and eat it from her hand. So Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill 
And when the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, Please let my sister Tamar come and make a couple of cakes in my sight, that I may eat from her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go to your brother Amnon's house and prepare food for him. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, where he was lying down. And she took dough and kneaded it and made cakes in his sight and baked the cakes. And she took the pan and emptied it out before him, but he refused to eat. And Amnon said, Send out everyone from me. So everyone went out from him. Then Amnon said to Tamar, Bring the food into the chamber that I may eat from your hand. And Tamar took the cakes she had made and brought them into the chamber to Amnon, her brother. But when she brought them near to him, near him to eat, he took hold of her and said to her, Come lie with me, my sister. She answered him, No, my brother, do not violate me, for such a thing is not done in Israel. Do not do this outrageous thing. As for me, where could I carry my shame? And as for you, you would be as one of the outrageous fools in Israel. Now therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. But he would not listen to her, and began, being stronger than she, he violated her and lay with her. Then Amnon hated her with very great hatred, so that the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. And Amnon said to her, Get up, go. But she said to him, No, my brother, for this, wrong, this is wrong, and sending me away is greater than the other that you did to me. But he would not listen to her. He called the young man who served him and said, Put this woman out of my presence and bolt the door after her. Now she was wearing a long robe with sleeves, for thus were the virgin daughters of the king dressed. So his servant put her out and bolted the door after her. And Tamar put ashes on her head and tore the long robe that she wore. And she laid her hand on her head and went away crying aloud as she went. So, Amnon has this ill-fated affection for his sister. He has this affection for her that creates this illness in him. And he knows that he can't accomplish what he wants on his own. For one thing, it is illegal, according to Hebrew scripture, for him to marry his sister, even if it is his half-sister. And he knows no one else will help him. So we see all of these characters, and we can't miss out on the fact that Jonadab, his cousin, helps set him up. Jonadab hears what Amnon wants to do, and he says, I can help you accomplish that. And it's interesting because we have friends that ask us to do things that we know are wrong, and yet we find ourselves helping our friends out. For example, as you've heard last week, I was a bit of a troubled child, and in fifth grade, some friends were, we were over at Jeff Steppett's house, and Jeff Steppett's neighbor, I come to, f now I know, was, their house was foreclosed on. And so it was vacant, but it was full of stuff. And Jeff Steppett and Cody Delosier said, hey, let's go break into the house next door and see what's in there. I immediately, I'm like, this is a bad idea. And they're like, come on, Eric. And I'm like, I'm not going in the house. 
They're like, okay, so what you need to do is you need to stand outside and watch. Watch in case anyone shows up or anyone comes by. And no longer than I'm standing outside and a chair comes through the window. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. And sure enough, the police are called yet again. And I'm like, but I didn't go in the house. And they're like, yeah, but you were a part of the whole thing. So when we look at this story, we look at Amnon and we say, wow, he is a terrible guy. And we can't miss out on the fact that Jonadab was actually a part of this scheme so that Amnon could do this evil deed that he does to his sister. And you say, well, where is David in all of this? Now, we're, we're going through the life of David, right? Well, one of the key signatures, as I mentioned last week and the last time we met back in December, is David's reign and his height of uh, control is starting to unravel. His sin with Bathsheba, and now we're going to start to see his kids start to unravel. But we can't look too hard on David in this particular instance because he is lied to by his uh, son, but he plays a role in seeing what uh, that Tamar goes to be with Amnon and to bring him back to health. And it's interesting because people say, well, if David would have been a better father, then this wouldn't have happened. Well, Amnon can make his own choices for himself. So Amnon pretends to be sick, and he baits his sister into getting so close that he can grab her and overpower her. And even in, right in the middle of this, verse 12, she answered him, No, my brother, do not violate me, for such a thing is not done in Israel. Do not do this outrageous thing. As for me... Where could I carry my shame? And as for you, you would be as one of the outrageous fools in Israel. So she makes, tries to make a deal with him. And she says, Now, therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. So as if being forced to be married to your brother is not bad enough, she would rather have that happen then what is about to happen, and she knows that it is right before her. But he would not listen to her, and being stronger than she, he violated her and lay with her. Most other Bible translations at this heading say, Amnon rapes Tamar. And I acknowledge that that is an inflammatory word, but that's what it is. And we are in the midst of this resurgence of acknowledging that for far too long, men have done things to women that are inappropriate and uncalled for and downright evil. And it's not new. It's straight here in the biblical text, and there has to be an end to it. You know, the big Larry Nasser trial last year, Allie Raceman, the Olympian, said this. She said, The effects of your actions are far-reaching. 
abuse goes way beyond the moment, often haunting survivors for the rest of their lives, making it difficult to trust and impacting their relationships. Tamar knows that this, this act that her brother is going to do is forever going to change her life because as we get in the story, she is a virgin. And that's a one-time deal. You don't get that back in the technical sense of the word. And she is physically, sexually assaulted by her brother by the person that she was supposed to be trusted with the most. And that's what makes this even more heinous of an event. And she knows that for the rest of her life, she is going to be scarred by this event. Now, the interesting thing is, as we talked about last week, we know that God has the ability to redeem the situation. And God has the ability to restore us when we have been wounded so deeply. And so before we get too bogged down in a, a once-for-all event in Tamar's life, we have to also hold in tension the fact that God is able to forgive and God is able to redeem the situation in Tamar's life. But Amnon thought, I can do whatever I want because I am a man and I am a son of the king. And I said it back with David and Bathsheba, and I will say it again, just because you have power or authority or significance or anything, you don't get to do to someone else's body that what they don't want you to do. You don't get to do that. Ever. And notice what happens immediately after. Then Amnon hated her with very great hatred, so that the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. You ever regret a situation immediately after you do it? So, I used to eat at Pizza Ranch Buffet all the time. When we lived in Spearfish, I would eat at Pizza Ranch Buffet every Tuesday, and let's just say I would get my money's worth. <laughs> like when we showed up, they'd be like, oh boy, we're about to lose some money. The problem is, as I got older, Pizza Ranch Buffet didn't love me back. And I learned that Pizza Ranch Buffet would not love me back, but I had this inkling in my soul that maybe this time, I mean, I love the buffet and the chicken and the cactus bread. I mean, I love it. And then I go there and I eat it. And before I'm even back out to my car, I'm like, why did I do that? That was so stupid. I hated that decision. But in the moment, you're like, oh, but this time it will be different. 
No, it won't. You're like, Eric, come on. We're talking about something serious. I know. Amnon knew what he was about to do was despicable and despisable in front of God, and he did it anyways, and as soon as he did it, he realized, I have made a grievous mistake, and he hated himself, and he hated his sister, and she didn't even do anything. That's what sin is in our lives. We think, oh, this will be so great, and then we do it, and we're like, oh, not great. And the interesting thing about my teeth is my teeth were never meant to open a deodorant bottle or to support Doc. When Amnon chooses to have sex with his sister and rape her, that is not what God ever intended. And so the consequences are grave, and he hates himself, and he hates her for it. And unfortunately, she is the one who is tormented by it for the rest of her life. Because sex is meant to be in a marriage relationship between one man and one woman. And anything outside of that seems right, and then you realize it's not right. So Tamar goes away, and her brother Absalom says to her, Has Amnon, your brother, been with you? Now hold your peace, my sister. He is your brother, and do not take this to heart. Are you kidding me? Absalom, who is Tamar's sister, acknowledges what her, their half-brother has done, and he's like, don't worry about it. What? He says, now hold your peace, my sister. He is your brother. Do not take this to heart. No. No. That, no. I'm sorry, but no. So Tamar lived a desolate woman in her brother Absalom's house. When King David heard of all these things, he was very angry. But Absalom spoke to Amnon, neither good nor bad, for Absalom hated Amnon because he had violated his sister Tamar. If he hated him, why doesn't he say to his sister, I'm so sorry that he did this, I will take care of this. Well, he does. After two full years, Absalom and had sheep shearers at Baal Hazor, which is near Ephraim. And Absalom invited all the king's sons. And Absalom came to the king and said, Behold, your servant has sheep shearers. Please let the king and his servants go with your servant. But the king said to Absalom, No, my son, let us not all go, lest we be burdensome to you. He pressed him, and he would not go, but gave him his blessing. Then Absalom said to him, If not, please let my brother Amnon go with us. And the king said to him, Why should he go with you? Absalom spends two years being eaten by rage and anger for what his brother has done to his sister, and he devises a plan so that he can kill him. 
And so he knows about the sheep shearing, and he knows all that, and he knows that David is going to decline, and so it's a perfect setup so that he can get all of the brothers together. And that's what he does in verse 28. Absalom commanded his servants, Mark, when Amnon's heart is merry with wine, and when I say to you, strike Amnon, then kill him. Do not fear, have I not commanded you. Be courageous and be valiant. So the servants of Absalom did to Amnon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose and each mounted his mule and fled. So Absalom has this brilliant idea in all of his anger. He spends planning two years where he is going to attack and kill his brother because he thinks if he kills him, somehow it's going to make it right. But this is going to be the end for Absalom as well. It's going to create this huge divide between he and his dad because committing a sin in retaliation to another sin doesn't make that sin somehow right. If you do something to me, I don't get to turn around and do something back to you. That's not how this works. Except we think that's how it works. Well, you punch me, so I get to punch you back. You punched me, so I get to go uh, break something that you have. That's not how this works. (laughs) But Absalom thinks, I'm going to vindicate my sister by killing my brother, as if that was ever a good idea. So then Absalom flees, verse 34. But Absalom fled, and the young man who kept the watch lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, many people were coming from the road behind him by the side of the mountain. And Jonadab said to the king, Behold, the king's sons have come, as your servant said, so it has come about. And as soon as he had finished speaking, behold, the king's son sons came and lifted up their voice and wept. And the king also and all his servants wept very bitterly. But Absalom fled and went to Talmai, the son of Amahud, king of Geshur, and David mourned for his son day after day. So Absalom fled and went to Geshur and was there three years. And the spirit of the king longed to go out to Absalom because he was comforted about Amnon since he was dead. So Absalom does this uh, heinous crime, killing his brother, and rather than going and facing the music, meaning going and dealing with his dad, he runs and hides for three years. So we can't miss this, because David was at the height of his kingship. He starts to make these sinful mistakes, And things, the dominoes just start to fall one after another, after another, after another. So one son is dead. His daughter um, is forever scarred by this event from her brother. And now his other son is on the run. And David, as we see in verse 39, the spirit of the king longed to go out to Absalom because she or because he was comforted about Amnon since he was dead. It's not a good time. It's not a good time in the life of Israel. It's not a good time in David's life. And it'd be really easy for us to just skip over this because it's too controversial or it's too awkward or any of these things. 
But the reality is, for far too long, we've glossed over these things, and we've turned a blind eye. And we have to acknowledge that this stuff is in the text of Scripture, and it is in the life of us today. And we see that it is not acceptable, and that God hates it, and that these decisions have severe consequences. And we hold all of that within the tension of Psalm 51 and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and the hope that we have that if we have made mistakes, if we have made grievous sins against God, that he will forgive us and also that we can be made whole and restored if sins have been committed against us because we live on this side of the cross. We didn't even get through the next chapter. Too much time talking about my teeth or something. Let's pray. Father God, we come this night and and we know that we know that this story in the life of David's family caused great pain. caused great pain in, in these individual lives and it caused great pain in your heart. And you grieved with Tamar for what had happened to her and the decision that her brother had made. And we know that, that the killing of another didn't make you any happier. And we all acknowledge that we make terrible decisions and we sin against you and against other people. And we have hope that that it doesn't have to end there. We know that you can redeem us and you can restore us and you can heal us and you can make us new. That you can bring us back from the depths, from the dark. And so tonight, we don't go out from here as ones without hope. We don't go out from here stuck in an Old Testament context. We acknowledge that because of your Son, Jesus Christ, and his death on the cross, because of the gift of your Holy Spirit, even when we make the worst decisions, when we repent and turn back to you, You grant us grace and forgiveness. Even when we are harmed by other people in a way that seems like there will never be hope, you provide us with healing. Be with our discussions tonight. More importantly, be with our hearts and our minds and the decisions that we make and the hurts that exist in our hearts. Allow us to be honest with you and allow us to receive the healing that can only come from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Go to your groups.